0: Welcome to our 30-second watch here on Borat Club, the only podcast on the internet somehow to discuss the most successful movie of 2006 every single week. And Ryan, it's a very special week for us because we have a guest this week. And We do. We certainly do. We certainly do. And, you know, it's always, I think... Uh, a much easier watch when we have a guest. So, um, yeah, M, you're on this uh, episode of Borat Club, and you told us before we started that I believe this is your first viewing of it since it came out, right?
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it since when it first came out in the theaters, and I think this was the only circumstance under which I'd possibly subject myself to it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Before we started this podcast, Niall, I don't even remember when the last time I watched Borat was, probably back when I was, like, probably when I was younger, right? Because I don't think I would have watched yeah. Borat within at least eight years of when we watched it that one time then just kicked off the podcast, so right, I don't yeah. know. I-, I love it when we have people on this show who are just seeing it for the first time since it came out because... There's always a very particular perspective of, of seeing the movies that way, and there is really kind of being able to go back and see what it is that you've missed out on by not keeping up <laughs> with all these years, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, so... I, I mean, I guess the obvious, like, first question here is, um, what did you think of it, you know? Like, com- like compared to how you felt about it when you watched it when it came out, which I mis- I'm I'm just going to assume you loved it when it came out, because everybody did. Um, like <laughs> Unfortunately, How do you feel about it now? <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: when I first saw it in the theaters with friends, I thought it was great. And you yeah. watching it now, somehow it was a little bit, better than I expected after listening to the podcast all this time but so so much worse than I remembered
0: it being (laughs) that that's like actually I think a really like interesting perspective because nobody has like come on with us yet and been like it wasn't as bad as I thought like it was still bad but it wasn't as bad so like that's kind of like a surprise in some way, I think, honestly.
2: Nile, I'm gonna be real. Most of what we do on this show is complain about the film Borat. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean... So I think it's pretty easy. I'm gonna say not to tutor on horns here, but I think it's pretty easy for someone who has just been listening to this show to think that Borat is like the foulest film on the face of the earth, because we certainly make Fair. it up to be that way. <laughs>
0: We do. And, you know, I guess we're embittered um, towards the movie at this point, uh, to some extent, right? So Sure, yeah. We're obviously going to make it sound worse.
1: That was also, as a whole, there are so many moments that were so much worse than even your depictions of them were
0: yeah i i I mean i i guess like it started like really early for you right like as soon as you saw the running of the jews scene that was like the first real like moment i feel like during this watch where you were like oh god like this is this is really something right
1: oh absolutely it's a movie that was billed in some ways still is as having this social commentary and bringing out you know, showing the bigotry of people and at the right. same time there's so 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 many scenes that they're not with anybody it's just awful i, I think
0: that's a good way of putting it like it, it there's so many scenes in this that they're not like taking a side like uh you know if, if that's the right way of wording it i guess like mm-hmm. where they're not like, they're they're not showing solidarity with anybody, they're just, like, taking a shot at somebody, right? Or, like, a, at a group of people.
1: Yeah, in so many where there's no actual joke to be had, and for some reason subjecting myself to the We Need to Talk About Kevin podcast, or Michael and Us, and things like that, mm-hmm. talking about how there's no joke or commentary, it's just the existence of the bigoted thing itself is meant to be funny.
0: Right, yeah, Exactly. Like, obviously, the running of the juice scene is, like, probably the best example of that. But it it really does, like, permeate through the whole movie of just, like, you're supposed to find this funny just because he's being awful and that's it. And, like, I feel like, like you said, like, a lot of this movie, or this movie is often still, like, portrayed as this, like, look at how we're shining a light on bigotry or whatever. But, like, so much of it just comes from Borat and it's just presented without comment in a lot of ways. Like, all the stuff related to Jewish people in the movie, the mm-hmm. stuff, like, at the rodeo... With the, the feminists. With the feminists, yeah. That's really a bad one. Like, it's... It, it, like, I, I hate using the phrase punching down, but, like, that's exactly what it feels like a lot yep. of the movie, I think. And, like, it just... It really does make it hard to watch.
1: Even so much of the, you know... Revealing of racism is done specifically in the South, which is the easiest possible target for that.
0: Yeah, that's something you brought up that I don't think, Ryan, we've ever really talked about a lot on this show. Like, even though the movie starts in New York, like, they pretty immediately go south, right? Like, yeah. it's pretty much all Bible Belt, ex- except for the bookends of, like, New York and California. Like, the rest of it is all... Georgia and Texas and Alabama, you know, like it's it, it feels like like a real low hanging fruit to and and like sort of the like real like milk toast like liberal thing to go oh well the north is where all the enlightened <laughs> people are right and like down south is where all the racist horrible people are like it's yeah, yeah. it's just lazy I think
2: this movie we've kind of talked about this before but. This movie really does have nothing to say aside from just the most centrist, liberal sort of perspective on the world in terms of how it applies its comedy, I think. Like, there is nothing (laughs) here that, in retrospect especially, I would consider particularly radical or revealing about the film itself. And I think, like we've talked about before, this sort of careful selection of these people, you know, in these southern states is kind of... uh, kind of specifically engineered in a way to just um I I I just immediately forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> um
1: It's like if you went back and watched Religious?
2: Yeah, it's um the 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 point I'm trying to get at here is that it it, it reveals more about Sasha Baron Cohen and the people who made this film than I think it does about some of the people who are shown here and I mean some of the people mm-hmm. obviously you know do a great job of like showing their own ass but it's really clear like in scenes especially the ones such as the yard sale or like the uh, animal the animal rescue one like the animal farm or whatever you want to call it that um they are clearly expecting something out of these people that they are not giving them and i do wonder if that was kind of a calculated ploy on their end to be like oh you know, all these Southerners are going to be so intolerant and they just won't be able to, you know, handle this wacky, wild personality. And then there's people that just give them nothing. So I do wonder if that was sort of this formula that they came up with uh, backfiring on them in that particular way. But I I think that's really open for interpretation because we'll
0: never know all the secrets of Borat, you know? We never will, but like you know like the the scene at the at the farm the scene at the yard sale like those are only still in the movie because they have to be for like plot elements right like sure if 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 it was like the scene at the gun store or wherever where he like asks for a gun that can kill jewish people like they would have but like if it was like that like a, a scene that doesn't have any Plot relevance, like they would have cut those, but because he has to find the Baywatch book and he has to find the or he has to get the bear, like they need an excuse to have those. I guess that's the only reason I can see they kept those. Sure, yeah, I, I think that makes sense, but um, I don't know.
2: It's a it's a big it's a big you know mess. <laughs> this movie is a mess and i'm sorry you know i just think maybe maybe 32 watches is what's finally broken the camel's back <laughs> for me it's getting hotter it gets so hot in this recording room in the summer yeah. and you know what i've watched for 32 times and i i just feel <laughs> niall i feel like i'm at the breaking point again
0: <laughs> uh we'll we'll pull you back out of it don't worry about yeah, that. So, no, I'll be i
2: fi- I'll be fine next week. I'll, yeah, evil. I'll, I'll get like a standing fan, like some ice water to put my feet in or something, and yeah. just really, really chill out while watching Borat next week. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. So I guess M, um, like the the next thing I guess we should really kind of go on to is the or thing really is like So, like, what stood out to you in terms of, like, were there specific scenes or characters or people? Like, what really, like, did you feel, like, has aged really well or really poorly? I know not really anything has aged well, but, you know, (laughs) what 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 for you were, like, the high and low lights of this, like, train wreck?
1: (laughs) One nice thing I noticed throughout was the only scene in which he interacts with any non-white people were the people to treat him the best and just act the most naturally.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like, we've kind of talked about it before, but when he, you know, like, those guys in front of the school, like, are kind of the only people he isn't, like, absolutely awful to in the course of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And I, I also feel like it's... I feel like Ryan has kind of brought this up before, but it's sort of the only scene in the whole thing where he like, lets himself be the butt of the joke in a way that, like, doesn't feel like he's taking aim at anybody else, if that makes sense. You know, like, it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like he's mocking them. It's, you know, like, it's set up and, like, executed in a way that, like, they come off well and, like, he kind of, like, works as a character for that one scene and that one scene only.
1: One other thing I made a note about was actually the W.A.P.T. news appearance, Hmm. thinking more about the actual process of getting on there, so that's Jackson, Mississippi, and given the population isn't huge there, I looked it up before, it's actually shrunk since 2006, but back then it was about 180k, right. which is I don't know, like a third of Seattle, so thinking about what went on to get there, if anybody was in the know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like they'd have had to like have fudged like actual credentials or maybe, you know, whatever, um, whatever production company, I guess Fox would have been like, Oh, we're doing, you know, this thing with some journalist from Kazakhstan, you know, we want to get him on TV or whatever. Like I, I feel like that's the only way that, you could get the appearance to like happen right like you you could show footage from the leg show or from the Mm -hmm. like reel that they show earlier on where he's like getting his hair done or whatever for a documentary or whatever like i feel like they would have had enough sort of b-roll of him that they could maybe fudge it but and i think ryan we might have talked about this before but like for me, like as soon as I would have seen him and Azamat roll up, I would have like had like <laughs> sirens going off in my head, right? Like, yeah, there's no <laughs> way they can be real people.
2: I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I think like just looking at Borat and Azamat, I, I, I feel you know I wouldn't get any bad vibes. But like if Borat came in with the fucking like. You know, oh, you. I I come from Kazakhstan. I use I use my sister or whatever. Ha ha ha. Like obviously, that's going to be a red flag, and I, I I do think that's part of this movie is that so many people see things from them that are obvious red flags in the way that like I don't know how to put this and like things they they don't get uh, they get upset about the wrong things with Port and Azmet right like they get upset with hmm. them. And the way that they're like culturally stereotyping them, like just based on their appearance mm-hmm. and based on, you know, where they come from and that sort of thing. But they don't ever stop to think that like, oh, maybe this man who's shitting into like a paper bag is, is putting one over me, you know, which is, which is mm-hmm. always what's like at its core so wild about this movie. So. I don't know, this is a very roundabout way to answer this question. Uh, I would definitely be someone like the three people in the control room who are just laughing their asses off at all of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I was working at this station and this unfolded, I can't lie, I would think it's pretty funny, but... I, I have to assume that there's, like, legitimate channels they went through. I, I do wonder if maybe the uh, channel, like, the local channel, was, like, a Fox subsidiary in some way. Like, maybe under that big media conglomerate umbrella. But mm-hmm. um who knows? I guess we could always hit up the uh, weather guy in suit he's up to these days and see if he wants to do an interview about his borad <laughs> experience.
1: There's that. You could... I mean, the number for the station's online. You could look into who handled scheduling back then. And That's true. And sort of seek that out.
0: I think I remember, like, reading something about how... The producer for that segment got fired, um, because wow. of it. Like I feel like we might have talked about that, but like I feel like there was definitely people at that station that lost their jobs over Borat's yeah. appearance.
1: So you're gonna have to start a wiki that just collects all the info from your episodes so far.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, god. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to like keep more detailed notes, uh, I think.
2: Yeah, remember that big Borat trivia quiz I tried putting together three weeks ago <laughs> and they completely forgot about?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. you can get to work on that for next week. Um, I feel like as well, the like you were mentioning, like, um, you know, nobody kind of stops to think like, oh, he's getting one over on me. I feel like the only people who do are like the feminists. When they, like, stand up and just, like, leave. Um yeah. Which, good on them, because that scene is so just shit and lazy and just, like, bottom of the barrel, like, most... I feel like I say that every single time we talk about that scene, but it is, It's right? egregious. Like, it's...
2: it's egregious. It's really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think that was em, one of the scenes as well that, like, really, like, got you early on as well was just, like, how just how, like, low effort it is on his part. Like, it's just doing nothing and adding nothing to the movie. Yeah, it
1: seemed like the entire point was to, like, quote-unquote, establish his character for the stuff he did to the bigots later. And it didn't do that well, and it didn't really serve a point.
0: Yeah, it's... (sighs) It it's it really is just like a nothing scene. Otherwise, like I, I, again, like I feel like it's only in the movie because he needs it to know where Pamela is. Um, but yeah, it adds so so little to it. As far as like real like lowlights of the movie goes, like what did you like? Was it what did you like? Really like just have a visceral like reaction to? Do you think like was there anything that really stood out to you as just like. I can't believe they put this, like, out and that I thought this was funny ever.
1: Biggest example is the wrestling scene. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was ready for it, and it was something I loved the
0: first time. Mm-hmm. And, God, it was so awful. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, I'm, I'm sure I've said this before, but I remember the theater when I saw it just, like, screaming and laughter. Like, I have never being in a like movie-watching environment with that many people like just hooting and hollering like they were when that happened and yeah, you never get used to it. You just never do.
2: Yeah, every time I think I'm used to the naked fight scene, I <laughs> see another element of Azimat's anatomy that I did not realize was on screen previously. Like, he spreads it so wide in this film, it's it's <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't have a problem with... We've talked about this at length on this podcast. I don't have a problem with seeing people naked, but, like, the way they just bust Azimat out with no subtlety to it whatsoever is so much to absorb every time we watch it. And every time I think I've seen, like, really grasp the entire landscape of that man's taint area... I find, like, a new centimeter of exposed skin that I did not realize was there before. It's so dire. I hate watching that scene. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. We talked about um, we talked about how uh, Borat kind of takes, like, a wrestling fall when he falls back into the chair because uh, someone said that Azmat wouldn't have been able to push him that hard from where he was sitting. Mm-hmm. And I do think it is kind of funny how slowly the chair tips back. You don't really notice it at first when you're watching it because everything's happening so quickly, but the the, the amount of time it takes for that chair to completely roll back into the window is, is fairly substantial, which I think is kind of funny.
0: Yeah, he's really gotta, like, force himself back... Yeah, but 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 you can also tell like he's trying not to hurt himself, so like he's really like edging it backwards. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say I shouldn't use the word edging. Yeah, I was going to say it.
2: To <laughs> poor choice of words.
0: <laughs> I feel like every time, like that scene is like oh it's bad, and then we get to the part where he just like spreads Azamat's ass cheeks, and then it's like oh yeah okay. Like as soon as that happens, every time it's like oh I wasn't ready for this.
2: No, it so, is like <laughs> it is like. It's not shocking in that it is this man's taint, but it's shocking in how much of it they managed to show in this film without getting like an NC-17 rating in America. Like right. Like the the taint itself I would say does not does not conceptually like irritate me in any particular way, but it's just it's just so gratuitous in this very strange way that I feel like you don't get in a in a lot of like American even R-rated comedies and such. Like even uh, even the Hangover, which was Todd Phillips' next big thing after this, like I don't think I don't really think the Hangover had any like nudity in it the way Borat does. Like the way the way the the Huey Lewis's dick is out, and the way that they spread Azmat's like mm. whole ass. You would think that this movie would have gotten an NC seventeen rating, to be totally honest, but. I guess maybe the American Film Board is just, maybe was more lenient about that kind of thing, maybe is more lenient than what I'm giving it credit for, but it's it's just surprising by how much of that they managed to hang on the screen without it uh, giving you any sort of relief whatsoever.
1: There's almost a world in which you could applaud it a little bit for at least doing gratuitous male nudity for once, yeah. but yeah. then yeah. with the homophobia that it's played for and the way it's framed... it just circles back around to being bad yeah
2: apparently the top nc-17 movie is showgirls which made uh 20 million dollars so not a lot (laughs) but um
0: i have not seen that film i have not either i i feel like it's always talked about as like just like notoriously terrible but like not like interesting at all just like i don't know
2: yeah, I would like to watch it, because it's apparently one of the worst movies ever made, according to some people. But I am trying to figure out what NC-17 means exactly. So I'll, I'll let y'all know when I dig that up.
0: Yeah, I I mean, obviously, you guys would know more than I would when it would come to what what constitutes an NC-17. But I would imagine the fact mm-hmm. that, like, yeah. there's no... Like, you don't like the genitals are not being stimulated let's say like i would imagine maybe because i know there's there's bound to be other like there's plenty of other r-rated movies or you know whatever that have full frontal nudity in them for you know here and there like fucking, sure yeah like gone girl has like ben affleck's dick hanging out at one point in it, you know like it's I think it's probably the context in which it's used. But then, yeah, the nude fight scene, I guess, because... I don't know. I'm not on I'm not on the film board. I don't know how these were Based
1: on what I'm reading, I think it was actually the fact that they, you know, quote-unquote, played it off for laughs instead of it being pornographic is what right. I let yeah. it say.
2: Apparently, NC-17 was meant to replace the X rating. Uh, apparently, Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 was giving an X rating which is very funny considering that movie is one of the worst films I think I've ever seen. Uh, Okay. Let's see here. Filmratings.com. Okay. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, NC17, no one under 17 admitted uh, one that in the view of the rating board, most parents would consider patently too adult for their children, 17 and under Uh, NC17 does not mean quote obscene or pornographic in the common or legal meaning of these words and should not be construed as a negative judgment in any sense. The rating simply signals that the content is appropriate only for an adult audience. NC seventeen can be based on violence, sex, aberrational behavior, drug abuse or any other element that most parents will consider too strong and therefore off limits for viewing by their children. So mm-hmm. I guess I guess seeing uh Huey Lewis's penis is totally <laughs> cool for people under seventeen, which you know. You know, seeing a penis, no no big deal, I guess, but it's uh, sure. it's just the context of it you know
1: I'm seeing stuff about the MPA changing if they consider it that based on whether they're married or committed couples if there's oral and how much thrusting mm. there is so
2: <laughs> okay
1: love that if it's like random sex they're more likely to market NC17 mm, right okay
0: but but if you don't thrust uh, it it's less likely I guess <laughs> great. <sighs> So if you do if you engage in soaking, apparently that's okay for an R rating. So uh, um obviously we have different film ratings here where it's just pure like age or whatever, but as I understand it, R ratings are like anyone can get in as long as they've got a parent with them, right? Yes. Am I correct in that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So what I would say is uh I like Kind of agree that maybe you shouldn't take your kids anyway to Borat, um, regardless <laughs> yeah. of whether or not it's an NC seventeen, uh, because it's not something you like. I don't know how old you were. and when this came out, uh, I think Ryan, you were too young to have probably seen it. In, yeah, I like, didn't see it. I life. didn't
2: see it until uh, like a, a few years after it came out because right. it came out. Yeah. In 2006, I would have been 11, and I uh, right. I probably did not see it until I was like 14 or 15, and then okay because I saw it I saw it post release but pre Bruno so Bruno sure. Bruno came out in 2009 I would have been 14 so I probably saw Borat for the first time when I was like 13 years old.
0: Okay. I would, I would say maybe that's still a little young to see Borat, honestly. Like, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like the the sweet spot for Borat is when you're aged, maybe let's say 15 to 18 and you haven't like yet figured out that like this is like just bad shit, you know? Like, I feel like I was right in that sweet spot, I feel like, uh, when it came out. But yeah, like I'm just like imagining now, like, Somebody taking their, like, young kid to see Borat because they're like, oh, you know, it's R-rated. My kid's, like, 10 years old. It's fine as long as I'm there with him. Like, just what that experience must have been like for that parent, for that child. Like,
2: Well, that's what happened um, when my parents took me to see Bruno, right? Like, I saw Bruno when I was, like, 14 years old. Yeah, because I saw it when it was in theaters. We went, and we went with the entire family of one of my friends and we all left that theater horrified. <laughs> so so I, I would assume it would be sort of a similar experience.
0: Yeah, probably. Have you seen Bruno M?
1: I haven't. For Brad itself, 15 years ago, I would have been 15 or 16 for this. Which means right, that I okay. think once Bruno came out, I was I was done. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I learned my lesson at that point.
0: Hell yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, there although I think I have seen some or most of Bruno I might have actually seen it all uh, Bruno is bad like if, if you haven't seen Bruno uh, you don't need to <laughs> see uh, Nile, I would
2: love to rewatch Bruno with you and I, I would love yeah? to talk about that on this podcast I, yeah? I, I mean I don't think I would enjoy it but I feel like if we're going to kind of uh, address the Sacha and Cohen canon in the way that we are or at least in terms of like stuff that's directly related to Borat, I would say Bruno in my mind is sort of the Borat companion piece. And <laughs> it like is. and like more so than something like The Dictator or like any of his other work, I feel like Borat and Bruno are sort of a duology or two sides of the same coin, if you will. Because yeah. Bruno obviously exists because of Borat's success, and it also has that similar style of comedy. But I think uh, I do think it's funny since y'all were talking about, you know, essentially being done with this whole kind of thing by the time mm-hmm. Bruno came out. I think that's what happened to a lot of people where Bruno came out and people were just kind of like thirsty for more. But then once they saw Bruno, they realized maybe that's not what they wanted after all, <laughs> which I think yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> So I would like to watch it again at some point.
1: I probably shouldn't say this, but if you did take a break and decided to do that, I'd probably be willing to come on for it.
0: <laughs> Listen, like I'm, I'm not saying no uh, to mm-hmm. watching Bruno, but uh, I don't know if I'm like ready to watch Bruno right now. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like I need like space from Borat... Or not even space from Borat, I just, like need it to not be like a million degrees in my recording room and like to like have more energy than I have to watch Bruno over the summer when it's like sweltering in here and it's hard enough to watch Borat.
2: Bruno's going to yeah. be like our our postmortem on this podcast, right? Like we're finally going to do yeah. we're finally going to do a year of Borat and then sort of the epilogue is that we watch Bruno and we talk about it for four hours and then we give up then we're done. Ugh
0: Maybe the epilogue is we get M and everybody else who's been on, and we we go through Bruno with each one of them and see how they feel.
2: Yeah, or just do like a big do like a big watch party, a
0: big Bruno watch party. Oh god, yeah, maybe maybe that's the move. We'll see. That's that's something we can talk about off air. I think, (laughs) but uh, God, yeah, I feel like Bruno, um, like you said, like it was something people thought they wanted. And then they saw it, and then they're like, "Oh, we didn't want that." Yeah. Like, and and that's what sort of caused Sacha Baron Cohen to pivot back into like scripted, like just yeah. standard comedy with the dictator. Because I think the dictator is scripted, right? Like, it's just a. I think I, movie. I, I
2: I think it is. Yeah. All these people saw Bart and were like, "Damn, I'm okay laughing at racism, but gay people make me kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if I like this Bruno movie." Because mm. that's definitely what happened with my family when they saw it. So, yeah, you know.
0: God, can you imagine how, like, I know Bruno's only, like, 10 years old or 11 years old. But, like, imagine how that's going to have aged in, in a era where, where people are, you know, starting to, you know, become more comfortable with the idea of, you know... just the lgbt community getting more of a foothold and more like acceptance and everything slowly but surely Mm -hmm. like trans issues and like being a big thing in the general public now and like these are real things that people are campaigning for Mm -hmm. and deserve like i i'm so scared to watch bruno like i can't imagine how it would tackle those, those here's, things.
2: Here's three facts about Bruno, just off the cuff. You talk about oh, Bruno being dated. Uh, that did come out in 2009. And on the poster, that does have the tagline, Borat was so 2006. So already sort of preemptively dating its previous entry. Then here's two sort of tidbits from the reception section of Wikipedia. Uh, Roger Ebert did award the film three and a half stars out of four, saying here's a film that is 82 minutes long and doesn't contain 30 boring seconds although he noted that the film's r rating was quote very very hard and then we get one of uh, one of my favorite nuggets here reception in austria uh, which says while Borat was criticized in kazakhstan austrians were generally positive about bruno others regarded the humor as quote pretty average <laughs> so there you go the <laughs> austria <laughs> quietly roasting bruno
0: <laughs> Yeah. I feel I feel like Austrians, you know, they've already had to deal with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger for long enough. Like I'm sure Bruno is like nothing new for them in terms of ridicule mm-hmm. that they've had to deal with. Um Yeah, so M, is there anything else like that you made notes on that you want to talk about about this movie? I I hate even calling it a movie. <laughs> Like, I said the word movie and something about, like, it just, the mouthfeel just, ugh.
2: You've come full circle. You've come full circle from being like, I hate to call it a movie ironically, to I hate to call it a movie genuinely.
0: Yeah.
1: The first thing, just to make sure it's on the record, would be to restate my uh-huh. uh-huh. suggestion that when you do close out the final official episode of Borat Club, you two do a duet of the Borat version of the Kazakhstan Anthem.
2: <laughs> yeah God. that'd be pretty good
1: because we do sing
2: it we do sing it every time we watch this movie we can, i don't think we we've sing ever it. actually <laughs> sang it on the podcast
0: no oh <laughs> uh, you know we could like because we're both like into similar or we share some uh musical tastes maybe we could do our own like drone metal arrangement of, <laughs> of the kazakh anthem our 25
2: our 25 minute kazakh national anthem <laughs> guitar drone yeah
1: next would be um Do you know if there were any, like, cut scenes with Huey Lewis? Because he's such, like, a minor prop, just, like, a couple times.
0: Uh, I looked into, like, all the, like, background characters at one point. um, And Huey Lewis had, like, kind of a tragic uh, story. Um, Like, uh, so the actor who, you know, played Huey Lewis was a... um, was I, I, I think actually the first gay porn actor who later transitioned and continued to do uh porn and apparently, like, had a very sad illness, had a really awful, like, death not long after they filmed Borat, and I feel like maybe they kind of... I, I forget when she died, but... um Maybe, depending on when it was, maybe they cut her, like her involvement in the movie down because of that. I don't know if by the time the movie came out she was dead yet or had transitioned or anything like that. So I feel like the entire thing around Huey Lewis is kind of like... Uh, like It's a difficult thing for even them to deal with, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's kind of it's one of those things that were like depending on how far along that like the whole thing that she was at that point like you know it might have been something they kind of scaled back on because in the book ryan i believe there is a lot more of <sighs> freedom, yes right? yes yes i so, was about
2: to say i was gonna say let me um, get
0: the book Oh this please no! You don't, you don't have to open the book. Uh, it's please. okay. I'm
2: already walking over. I've got it. Uh, okay, I've got the fucking book. Uh, even opening opening this thing is causing me so much pain. Um, I know. I can't believe
0: you still have this. I can't. Well, what else you am still I gonna do? With it?
2: Just get rid of it. I paid five good dollars yeah. for this piece of shit. Um, all I know of Huey Lewis for sure that's in the book. God, I should just throw this thing away. Um. All I know for sure that's in the book for Huey Lewis is that the ping pong stadium, like the table tennis stadium they built, is called Huey Lewis Stadium or something like that. Yeah. Like they have the Kazakh Olympics or something like that. Uh, Yeah, I forgot there's like straight up pornography in this book. I'm really not a fan of that. Yeah. There is. There is Borat's Family Tree. Yeah. where it does say that there's a child for sale that's always a, always a good a good bit really great uh, the more i look at this thing the more distress it causes me i do love this picture of sacha baron cohen in the freddie mercury lookalike contest where he's got like the like the leather cap and the jacket and the guitar and all that but of course they're using it to make the, the homophobic freddie mercury joke so i'm going to put this away And uh, we can keep talking about something else, please. (laughs) I don't want to think about that anymore.
0: Yeah, I I I know that is like a little bit of a bummer of an aside, but like you know, I think it's something that Mm -hmm. they might have had to think about, depending on when all that went down.
1: No, yeah, I had no idea about any of that, and if so, I guess kudos to them on that at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I think
2: most people probably don't know about this movie, but us being Borat yeah. scholars are, are
1: aware of it. I do think it's worth mentioning, as we were watching, I think it was I had made a comment about making a Borat without Borat. Oh, And actually finding yeah. yes. an yeah, yeah, yeah. edit that only had scenes without him and seeing how it came out.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it would be, like, a much better movie, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You have precedent with Garfield without Garfield, and yeah. it could be a, a commentary on what America would have been like had Borat not filled the comedy vacuum in two thousand six. Uh, um, what
2: would have been? What would have been the <laughs> biggest comedy of two thousand six if Borat hadn't come out? That's what my question I, I, is.
0: We we definitely at one point ran down the list of two thousand six comedies. I feel like Grandma's mm. Boy was one of them. So let's just say that. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. It was definitely a bad year for comedy, I remember from when we did that, but. Like, I'm. That's, like, a, an interesting question to ask, though, because. Borat introduced so many of the, like, just shit, awful, like, racist and sexist and anti Semitic shit into. Like, mainstream quote-unquote you know like culture in a way that i wonder like if it had been something else obviously that stuff would probably still be coming up because Mm -hmm. of the people who are in power and how awful a lot of those people are well all of them like I, i just wonder like how things would have changed or like would it have happened faster would it have happened a little slower like i don't know
2: so, um, I do have the box office grosses for comedies, uh, box office performance for comedy movies in 2006.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And believe it or not, this manages to list an entire 125, uh, comedies to be released this year. And the top five may actually surprise you a bit. In fact, the top 10 will probably surprise you. Borat is number three on this list of top grossing comedy movies of 2006. Hmm. The two films above it had Borat not been released. Uh, the number one in two films still would have been Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby or ballad oh, of yeah. Ricky Bobby, I suppose. And number two, everyone's favorite click with Adam Sandler, the movie, oh, great. the movie that showed me movies could be bad. <laughs> uh, then, uh, four, five, six, and seven are Devil Wears Prada right beneath Borat, Scary Movie <sighs> 4 at number five, oh. Nacho Libre, uh, number seven, You, Me, and Dupree, number eight, Jackass number two, number nine, Big Mama's House two, and number ten, Medea's Family Reunion, with the Tim Allen Shaggy Dog remake coming in at the rear at number 11. So there you go. Yikes. A fairly dire year for comedy.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like it was just a dire year in general.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was more than that, even. Like, I Now you Chuck and Larry came out in 2007.
2: Probably, Jeez. yeah. yeah. Let's see what else is... It was a really is-
1: bad time.
0: Yeah, a really bad time. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before, but like Crash won the fucking Oscar that year. So, like, how (laughs) good could life have been, really, for anyone?
2: For some reason, Um, Idiocracy is on this list. Maybe they did like a re release or something. I think that movie came out before 2006,
0: right? I don't remember.
2: Idiocracy. I've never actually seen it. No, Idiocracy did come out in 2006. Well, how did that gross such a small amount? idiocracy only made idiocracy only made four hundred ninety five thousand dollars at the box office for like for as much of a cult film as that is now I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked they didn't realize it was that low of a performing movie
0: well that seems about right to me I think
2: yeah I just know people like that like that movie
0: so mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel like people only liked that movie after like a couple of years had passed like I feel like it was a real like We're getting rid of George Bush type, like, celebration movie almost in a way for a while there. sure. You know?
1: The only other question I can think of that I don't remember if you've covered before was Mm -hmm. how they actually chose Pamela Anderson to begin with.
0: I feel like it would have had to just be because she was, like, like kind of the sex symbol of the times, right? Or maybe it was just, Mm -hmm. like... Or had been, you know, and was like, yeah, like, she would have been that late 90s, early 2000s sex symbol that, like, I guess would have been, like, this is the Americana, you know, or whatever. Like, that's the only thing I can think of.
2: (laughs) So I did find, um, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I agree with your take on it, Niall. I did find another article about how they staged that with Pamela Anderson and how she got divorced from mm-hmm. Kid Rock. Uh, that has more detail than I think we've talked about here. Um, so I know that we've covered that they had to do it multiple times. Uh, Sasha says that they did the scene twice. Um, he says, The first time we did it at a book signing and I grabbed her over my shoulder and ran out with her and no one did anything. I was like, what kind of fans are these? So apparently in the second one that we actually see in the... Um, in the film, she chipped a, uh, a bit of bone in her jaw as, a, uh, and like injured herself during the, uh, during the struggle in the <laughs> Virgin Media store. And then, um, there's this really good, uh, story from him at the beginning, uh, the end of this article, good lord, where he says, uh, he asked Anderson what her husband thought of the film. She texted back, he's getting divorced. I was like, why? And she goes, the movie. And I thought it was a joke. So there you go. Borat was the first to know about Pamela Anderson's impending divorce from from Kid Rock. But I did not find the answer to why they picked her, which is what I was looking for in the first place.
0: That's like... I don't know. There's something really striking to me about the idea that a woman could be kidnapped by a guy in a store and nobody would do anything. You know, that people would just like stand around yeah or whatever like it like it's one thing like them having to do the naked fight scene like a bunch of times because nobody reacted but like somebody gets abducted in front of you like in a store you you shouldn't be just like standing around right like especially if they're your biggest fans you know like that's just i don't know that's just that's a lot. Fucking unbelievable. It is. It's a lot. It is. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, I I don't know how much more I have to say about Borat on our thirty second watch. How about y'all though? What's how are we feeling?
1: <laughs> I think that Borat's legacy is very nice. My wife, mm-hmm. not and mm-hmm. apparently Pamela
0: Anderson's marriage. I don't think anybody should be married to Kid Rock anyway. Like I, <laughs> he just doesn't. He just doesn't seem like a great human being. But, uh, I I think it probably says a lot about the strength of their marriage at the time that a fucking movie could break it up and she's probably better off, honestly. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, the only thing really left is to ask you, Em, the question that we ask everybody who comes on. Um, having now seen Borat again for the first time in 14 years or whatever that it's been, uh... You know, how do you feel broadly about Borat? Would you ever, in any circumstance, ever want to watch the movie Borat again? Or are you just ready to cleanse your soul of Sacha Baron Cohen uh, and never think about this again?
1: (laughs) I think the only circumstance I would ever even consider watching it again is if I came back on here. And even then, I just... It was... I started on ADHD meds recently. And even with those, Mm -hmm. as it
0: went on, it was so hard to stay focused. That's, that's, uh, that's an interesting, like, um, take on it, I guess, because like for us, like we, like the one thing we kind of grab onto and have for the last nine months or whatever has been (laughs) that, like, it feels like the movie moves relatively fast. So like hearing for you that like it, it was difficult to even stay like, focused on it is just like a a harrowing like explanation for like how anyone could feel about borat i I, like i feel bad now that we exposed you to borat again
1: (laughs) it was better earlier on but like once you got to the church scene it was really dragging for me yeah
2: i i agree that there are weeks where it drags it it, it definitely does near the
0: ending yeah i I always feel like it's dragging at the like dinner scene and by the church scene i'm like, oh, it's almost over, so it like almost like speeds up for me but um yeah like I'm, i feel i feel i feel uh bad now that we that we exposed you to Borat again <laughs> but like thank you so much like for <sighs> going on uh we really appreciate it it's always much more fun uh to watch with uh a guest so we're delighted that you came on, and we will have you back on again someday if uh, if you are up for that. Um, so yeah, just before we wrap up, and like, do you have anything you want to plug? A Twitter account, anything like that?
1: Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is Vantis V A N T I S S, and I also run a leftist. Discord server. Uh, it's majority queer. It's not a Discord server. It's mostly for socialization, games, and stuff. Uh, and if you want to join, you can find the link at lefthome.info.
0: Cool. And Ryan, what about you?
1: Hi. Yeah.
2: I do uh, another podcast called Emoji Drome with Sylvia from Friends at the Table. Every week we pick a different emoji and we talk about it. Our last episode at the time being was the juggler emoji we still have not recorded one for this week but if you want to hear two people make fun of the juggler emoji that is definitely there for you on twitter or other podcast places my personal twitter account is at Curscoat where i post <laughs> as most people do <laughs> so uh that's about it for me niall what are you up to these days
0: uh, yeah, I don't have a personal Twitter, um, although I probably should make one again just to keep up with everything going on in the world right now. Um, I do video game stuff at videogamechoochoo.com, as in a train, um, podcasts, videos, all that sort of stuff uh, up there. Uh, if you want to contact Borat Club, we're on Twitter at Borat Club. You can also get in touch with us via email at boratclubcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on Borat. Um, And again, uh, like we said last week, if you have been having any issues getting episodes of Borat Club, uh, please send us an email and let us know so that we can pass them on to our hosts. Um, It looks like the problem has been solved now, but if it continues for anybody else, please do let us know. It seems to have been a server issue uh and there was some issue getting it up to some of our podcast feeds so just let us know if there's anything continuing uh to go wrong there uh and again you know with everything going on in the world right now um we encourage you if you can to donate to you know groups uh fighting for black lives people should keep fighting and showing solidarity wherever they can um and yeah, you know, obviously coronavirus is still around as well. So please wash your hands, wear a mask, all that stuff. Uh, and until next week um, and episode 33 of this awful mistake that is Borat Club. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, M, for being on. We very much appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Ryan, as always. And we will see you next week. Have a good one.
1: See you next week.